You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Taco Tuesday, which is going to take on a whole new meaning here in a couple months. When, when the Saints suit up with Taco Charlton, uh, I, I can see the the T-shirts and the and the memes and the the taco-related memorabilia now. Once again, welcome to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. Matt Miguez here, main man behind the board, running the show. I like to say that I run the show, but honestly, I, I just sit here and talk. Main man's pushing the buttons. Mr. Mr. James Mesh. James, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Afternoon, Matt. How you doing? I'm doing well myself. Man, you know, it's it's not bad. Not too bad. Today, not too bad. You know, it's it the weather the weather's kind of crappy, but you know, it it is what it is. I wish there was some baseball to go cover tonight. Well, you wouldn't even have been the one to cover it. I mean, I know, but I, I still could, to, I could, to at least get to watch it. I could have gone. I could have gone as a fan. Haven't done that in a while. I've actually never gone to a baseball or softball game as a fan. Wow! Yeah. Only as a media. Entity. So like, you've never gone to a Cajuns game before working here. Ba- baseball and softball wise, yes. Wow! Actually, basketball too. I had only been to football games. That's crazy because baseball's been Cajun's biggest sport. Baseball and softball have been the Cajun's biggest sports for years. Yeah. That's wild. It is. You know, so you never been to a pro game? You never been to an Astros game? I've been to plenty of Astros games. Okay. I was okay. talking about in terms of just Cajuns. Right. Okay. Okay. I'd only, I'd only been as a fan to football games. All right. Basketball for men and women, then baseball and softball. Are, I've only been as a medium member. Yeah, it, it's been a while since I've been as a fan. but uh, I was I was with Jay in the press box in 2013. Oh, yeah, you told me that story. Yeah, yeah. You told me that story. But other than that, I've only been as a media entity. Right, right. So what, what we're referring to is Cajuns baseball against McNeese and LSU baseball against Lamar have been canceled due to inclement weather. Neither game has a makeup date as of now. Uh, as soon as we know something, we'll let you know. That's that's kind of the way you know sports media works. LSU, I'm sorry, not LSU, UL softball against Southeastern Louisiana still on as of now in Hammond tonight. Today's show, pretty stacked. Brian LaLima of Sports Radio 790 in Houston is going to join us at 4.30 to talk about the Astros' 3-1 start to the season and get you set up for their two-game set with Arizona starting tonight, which you can hear here. 103.7 The Game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles. And at 5.30, our main man, Brendan Ertle, is going to come on we're going to talk some Saints. We're going to dive into this rumor that 
The Saints are talking about trading 16 and 19 together to get up to five and take Malik Willis. What is that? Why would you do that? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some more draft prospects that that he sees could be a fit for the Saints and a whole lot more. Go to our Twitter page at game underscore Louisiana and vote on our Twitter poll question. Has LSU baseball figured it out? They have won three. They just won three straight against Mississippi State. They won two out of three against Florida a couple weeks ago. They've won their last two midweek games. They did drop two out of three to Auburn. But outside of that, you know, LSU's kind of starting to string something together here. And then they've got a tough weekend in Fayetteville this weekend with Arkansas. And then they've got the Cajuns. And then they've got Missouri. Missouri seems like a winnable weekend series, if you ask me. So the Tigers, with a little over a month left in the season, could put something together here. So our our poll question of the day, like I said, has LSU baseball figured it out? So far, seven people have voted. 43% of you say yes. 29% of you say no. And 29% of you say it's too early to tell. And then Steve Flint chimes in. Mississippi State is terrible this year. I bleed purple and gold, but this coach won't be in Baton Rouge very long the way this team is going. Here, it's College World Series or bust. All right, all right. Everybody settle down. Okay. Jay Johnson has been here six months, seven months. I mean, he he was hired last August. Has it has it it's not even been a year. And so far, the Tigers are sitting at twenty three and nine on a four game winning streak. I mean, honestly, if you look at their nine losses, you lost to a, a pretty good tech team. You lost to him twice. You lost to Texas, who at the time was the number one team in the country. You lost to Baylor, who's good. You lost two to A&M. They have a history. They have a history of being a good baseball program. They're not that great this year, but they have a history. It happens. Also, it was your first conference series. Got to get your feet wet. Okay, you lose one to Florida, top 10 team in the country. You still won the series. The two out of three to Auburn, it's not great. It's not bad, but it's not great. I mean, you just swept, and rather convincingly, the defending national champion. Now, I get it. It's World Series or bust in Baton Rouge. I totally understand that. However... The man hasn't even finished coaching his full season, his first full season, and we're already talking about how he won't be in Baton Rouge very long. Come on, guys. We're better than that. Speaking 
of LSU baseball. Josh Pearson was named SEC Freshman of the Week, and yesterday at LSU baseball's press conference, Coach Jay Johnson talked about Josh Pearson and how mature he has been as a freshman. Very mature for his age. Uh, came in with a better hitting foundation than most players do as, as freshmen. You know, we cross the, what I would call the top of college baseball. We all get talented guys, but there's a big difference between having talent and being ready at this level. He's very coachable. He's very smart. Uh, we made a couple small adjustments in the fall, and uh, he took to those well. I think getting some at-bats under his belt early was good. I've seen a noticeable difference in him just being in control of himself and, and slowing the game down. I think the talent um, you knew was there. Um, it was probably of the freshman class of position players was the guy I was most high on. And not to mention, you know, talking about Josh Pearson, who's having a heck of a season like Jay Johnson just mentioned, SEC Freshman of the Week. Going back to the Mississippi State Series, 5-2, 4-3, And then if you look at that Friday game, the 5-2 win for the Tigers, four of those runs, yeah, four of those runs came in the ninth. LSU has had a habit of scoring late. You look at the, okay, so the game on Saturday, a little bit of anomaly. They scored their last run in the sixth. But they've had a track record over the last couple of weeks of scoring late, scoring on timely hits, scoring when they need to. And Coach Johnson talked about how that hasn't changed, and it really pulled through for them this past weekend. We're scoring late in games. That hasn't really changed, so good job by the offense maintaining there. Got a big swing early in game two against Jacob. Uh, some disciplined at-bats in front of him for a big inning, and then um, just couldn't quite crack through again on, on Saturday, but got a big homer out of Jordan. And then again, the bullpen did the job, and then I thought Sunday – uh, we've had certainly a, a number of games where we've scored a lot, I think. Um, but that one, you know, we hit our home runs and, and had a lot of quality at bats in between and moving the offense. And when we do both those things together, we're going to score 10. And um, so it was a good indication of that. So I just thought it was really good complimentary baseball all the way around. Josh Pearson, once again, being named SEC Co-Freshman of the Week. A three thirty-three batting average on the year, 30 at-bats. He's got 10 hits, 2 doubles, 2 home runs, 9 RBIs. A slugging percentage of 600 and an on-base percentage of 447. Impressive stuff from the freshman. Once again, LSU's game tonight against Lamar has been canceled or the language that they're using is postponed. Uh, make update to be determined. They will now set their sights on the number seven ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. Three games set at Baumwalker Stadium this weekend in Fayetteville, Thursday at 6.30, Friday at 6, Saturday at 2 p.m. As always, the game hotline is open 706-0111. Here in Acadiana, you can watch the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Speaking of the game hotline, it's ringing. So let's go to it. Chad joins the show. Good afternoon, Chad. How are you? 
Oh, I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Man, the, the guy that made the comment about Jay Johnson is going to be gone. I mean, that's, that's that's the most ridiculous comment I've heard in a while uh, about anything. Man, he is still – he. I don't think he unpacked some of his suitcase. He hasn't been here that long. But, man, he's still trying to find the right combination of players. I mean, he's got Major League Baseball guys all over the field, but that doesn't mean – that doesn't determine – that doesn't make you're going to have a great team. But he's still finding these combinations out. I'm not sure they turned the corner – Mississippi State is not a horrible team. Uh, when you go in the SEC, when you go in the road in the SEC in front of fourteen thousand people, um, it, it, you still got to have a, a, a good ball club uh, to win. But uh, I think I think it's all about who's going to be hot at the end, man. What, last year, what when they started the SEC one and nine, they almost went to the College World Series. Yeah. Um, so it's all about how you play at the end, and it looks like they could be peaking uh, at the right time. Uh, even if they go to Arkansas to me and lose this series, uh, which is going to be a very hard series to win, but they they're very competitive about this. Um, I think that does. I think that's going to show a lot as well, man. Uh, how they play up in Arkansas, but yeah, it's still early in the season, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but man, it's all about who's hot at the end, man. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the series against Arkansas, it's not going to be an easy one. I mean, they're number seven for a reason. Bomb Walker's a hard place to go play at. It's a hard place to win at. Their crowd is, is electric and into the game, and they're going to make it hell for LSU. So if LSU, you know, comes out of this series only winning one out of three, don't freak out. Arkansas is the number seven team in the country. Yes, obviously the expectation is to win all three and, and hope that you get two. But only winning one is not going to be the end of the world here. It's not going to break you. You still got Missouri. You still have Georgia. You still have Alabama. You still have Ole Miss. You still have Vanderbilt coming down the pipe. There's still a lot of great RPI matchups coming down the stretch for this team. So, to to say to say that Jay Johnson isn't going to be here long, thirty two games in when he's won seventy some odd percent of them, it's a little much. He's also got a top thirty RPI. So let's just relax on that one. All right, let's take a time out. First time out of the show. When we come back, we'll talk some Cajuns baseball coming off their series sweep of Arkansas State. We've got some audio from Matt Deggs' press conference yesterday we'll bring to you, and uh, we'll take your phone calls, as always, 706-0111 on the hotline. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Do you want to experience Festival International like never before? The Games Rewards Club can help with that. Sign up at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com and you will get a chance to score a pair of Bonton Passes. Now, I know you're probably wondering, what is a Bonton Pass? Have you ever wanted to be front row and center with the musicians? Shaded seating. It gets warm at the end of April. You get to use air-conditioned, clean, private restrooms. 
You get express drink lines, shirts, pins, and a festival poster. Once again, experience Festival International like never before by winning the Festival International prize pack from the game. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, Gaz and Mesh, right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Cajuns baseball. They're supposed to play McNeese tonight at MLT Moore Field at Russo Park. However, Mother Nature once again had other plans. LSU uses the verbiage that the game is postponed. UL has used the verbiage that the game has been canceled. Will it be made up? I don't know. However, they now shift their focus to ULM this weekend. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday set. Thursday at 6, Friday at 6, Saturday at 4 p.m. And yesterday at his weekly press conference, Matt Deggs talked about how much these previous road games, the, the five-game week that they had last week, two in Ruston and three in Jonesboro, how much did those games help this team? I thought yesterday at the end embodied really who we are and what we're all about and what we're always going to be about was when it was one out, tie game. Julian, Jew hits a 110-mile-an-hour line drive to the left fielder. Guy kind of trots after it, and Jonathan Brandon just runs in his face to third. Pete Rose slide. It's hard. Uh, a lot of contact, and he drops the ball. And right then and there is, is where we won the game. So winning four out of five on the road last week was crucial for this team, for the makeup of this team, and, and it built you a lot of confidence getting into the heat of conference. ULM is a much improved team from a year ago. So... This series, you know, again, like every Sunbelt series, is crucially as important. And it's going to tell you a lot about where this team could end up going down the stretch. Hotline ringing once again. Martin joins the show. What's going on, Martin? Hey, buddy. Uh, I have to agree with the last caller uh, about that comment that that guy was calling for uh, Jay Johnson's job. He's probably going to be the same one that's going to be calling for Mac McMahon's job when, you know, if LSU don't get off to that part of, you know, that part of a start right. in the basketball season. But I don't think, I mean, people understand the job that's ahead of Mac McMahon's, you know, uh, ahead of him with all the recruits that's been decommitting and all of that. I mean, he's got a big job and everything, but you got to give these head coaches a little bit of time, you know, to bring in their talent and and all that and developing and, and start developing the, the culture, you know. But to call for the man's job, like you said, after, you know, 34 games into the season, yeah, that, i got to agree that's the most ridiculous thing, you know. I mean, Matt McMahon's job ahead of him, you know, trying to get – and not only with the – like I said, the recruits decommitting, but also trying to get, like, Sell, you know, sell a pitch to get new recruits in there with the sanctions ahead of them that's fixing to be dropped on LSU. But yeah, I just want to. I think I think Jay Johnson was a good hire for LSU, and I'm I'm not an LSU fan, but I'm a fan of the game, you know. But but yeah, like to call for the man's job. I mean, you got to give him time to get his recruits in and 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 develop the culture, buddy. But 
that, that's all I wanted to comment on, man. And I, I love this show, and y'all keep doing a good job, buddy. Man, I appreciate that. I really do. All right. Thank you, man. Y'all, y'all have a good one. You too, man. Yeah, you know, to call for a man's job in the first two years of him being at a new school is asinine. It's insane. The man has won national championships. He turned Arizona into a powerhouse. He put them in the World Series in 2016. They didn't win the World Series in 2016. I'm sorry. They they lost to Coastal Carolina that year. Um, he, he put them in the World Series twice in his six years at Arizona. 33%? That's not bad. That's not shabby. And so far in his 32 games at LSU, the SEC, I mean, come on, Ole Miss, Florida, Arkansas, Tennessee, you're about to have Texas and Oklahoma, so on and so forth. It's a stacked baseball conference. The guy's got a 72% winning percentage. And if you want to say, oh, well, that's, you know, overall, okay, look at the SEC, 59%. Really? 59% when the first half of his stretch was tougher. His conference schedule is about to get easier. So again, calling calling for his job is is a little is a little much. But anyways, back to the Cajuns. Matt Deggs talked yesterday about the ULM series and how he plans to use his starting pitchers more against ULM. Well, I think the way our starters did not go very deep this this past weekend is it will uh, definitely benefit us. Uh, you know, two of the three coming off long outings uh, a week ago, and so I think they're going to be able to pick up right, right, you know, right there Thursday and get us off to a great start. I really like the way Schultz's pitching it. Like I said on on Jeff and and Cooper, and there's a couple of them. You got to have for them to really stand out. They they do really well against good competition uh, because of bat speed, and uh, we'll see you know who we're facing and what it looks like. But uh, they can both pitch and uh, you know get outs. But I really like them against good hitters. And, and lastly, you know, Coach Deggs just mentioned there Cooper Rawls. Cooper Rawls appeared in two games this past week for the first time in a month, two months maybe. Uh, you, you hadn't seen much Cooper Rawls. But he comes in in the second game against Louisiana Tech, pitches seven and two thirds, strikes out twelve, gets the win. Comes out on Sunday against Arkansas State, pitches two innings, two innings, saves the game, gets the win. How does he get recognized for that? He gets named a National Player of the Week by CollegiateBaseball.com. Here's Coach Deggs on Cooper's performance last week. Coop is a highly competitive young man that believes in himself. He believes in his stuff, and obviously it's good enough to play. He's won a national championship. He's won his whole life. You know, he made an adjustment with his arm stroke. He was over the top, and now it's, you know, low three-quarters with a kind of a Frisbee slider. That still has a little bit of depth to it. He can create swings and misses and a lot of takes on that and he's got a good change up and so it's a three pitch mix at 86 to 90 and and you don't know when you're getting that slider i don't care where you're at who you are that's an issue and uh, uh as soon as he can bounce back from this last outing kind of stressed him this week 
you know, he'll be in the mix. I think he could start. He could, he could, he could fill any role for you. Thirty minutes after four o'clock, hour number one already halfway over. Let's take a time out right here. When we return, Brian Lalima of Sports Radio Seven Ninety in Houston will join us. Three and one opening weekend for the Astros. They've got two today and tomorrow against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Continuing that Western road trip. We'll talk about all that here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Hangout Music Fest is returning this summer to Gulf Shores in the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles has your ticket to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club. 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout featuring Post Malone, Halsey, Megan the Stallion, just to name a few. Hangout Music Fest is May 20th to 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And you can win your VIP passes from the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. 32, 35 minutes after 4 o'clock. It's time to talk some Houston Astros. Brian Lalima of Sports Radio 790 in Houston joins us. Brian, good afternoon, my man. How are you? Good, man. Good, man. Another uh, another week is upon us of the uh, major league season so i'm good man i'm glad baseball's back how's everything with you guys oh dude I'm do- we're doing well you know wa- wa- watching the astros take three out of four opening weekend was was very fun uh we we have a we have another radio guy here who is like a diehard astros fan and he told me saturday morning after the astros scored 13 runs friday night that uh the Saturday game wasn't going to go well because they scored too many runs Friday night, and he was right. Do you, do you believe yeah, they, in that in that baseball superstition that you can score too many runs? Um, you know, sometimes sometimes it works out to where you know one game they can smack out thirteen runs and then turn around and do it again, or like we saw over the weekend, they hit six bombs, uh, scored a bunch of runs, and then they come back and Justin Verlander has a great outing, a good quality start. And they just couldn't find themselves to cross home plate. Um, that's that's just baseball for you. One one day you're extremely hot, the next you're you're not. So I think it's just baseball in general. It's just a, just a brutally beautiful game, man. Just a just a crazy game. So unfortunately, they didn't win it for JB's uh, first time pitching in over well over a year. Uh, but they won the series, man. So that's that's kind of the mantra for this this year is just win. Try to win every single series. Yeah, absolutely. Three and one, three to one Thursday, thirteen to six Friday. They dropped two nothing on Saturday before winning four to one on Sunday. But tonight they've got the Arizona Diamondbacks. What, what can you tell me about this team and what kind of matchup does it create for Houston? Well, the, the Diamondbacks they got Brent Strom as their pitching coach now. Um, we had Brent Strom on our Beyond the Diamond podcast on Apollo Hou. Um, I don't know. I think it was Game Four of the World Series. Um, and we in Houston kind of thought that he was going to retire. We didn't think he was going to go anywhere, but he, you know, he he went to Arizona. Good for him. So they've got a young pitching staff. They they weren't very good last year. They've got 
Madison Bumgardner throwing tonight. Um, I mean, he's a, arguably a Hall of Famer in Madison Bumgardner. Uh, so it depends on what Bumgardner comes out. If he's sharp, then it's going to be a, a pretty tough matchup. But if he starts to leave balls over the plate, I mean, we saw what this lineup can do, um, you know, one through nine. And then even some of the guys off the bench arguably could be starters for the Astros. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm interested to see what kind of improvements Arizona's made. Like I said, they weren't very good last year. And the Astros struggled last, last season with putting teams below 500 away. They, they were, I think, barely a 500 record against sub-500 teams last year. Um, it's going to be another Astros after dark uh, for this series. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what adjustments Arizona made. But Luis Garcia is on the mound for the Astros tonight. He looked very, very good in Astros spring training. Uh, me and the rest of the Apollo HOU guys were down there um, for his last start. I think he, he cruised through three innings and struck out six. Um, we saw the velocity climb up a little bit in the playoffs last year. Um, obviously, it's early in the season, so you're probably going to see a, a pitch limit of around 75 to 80 pitches. So I'm, I'm happy to see Luis Garcia and, and all the you know the salsa dancing that he does on the mound. So we'll see what he looks like tonight. Brian Lalima of Apollo HOU joins us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Brian, you know I, I know it's early. I know it's only been four games. But looking at statistics here early on, who who's kind of been – most impressive. I mean, I know obviously Alex Bregman has the 429 average with two home runs and six RBIs, but whose stat line through four games are you really looking at going, damn, that guy's going to be good for us? He, it, I mean, you, you said it. It's Alex Bregman. The kid is back. The kid is healthy. Um, you know, Alex Bregman was right there at the MVP a couple of seasons ago. He fought through some injuries. Um, he had a wrist, some wrist surgery right after, to, at, right after the World Series. I know he put in so much work this offseason to uh, to eat right. I know he's got a personal chef um, to eat right and to sure up the legs. He's had some hamstring issues, some quad issues. Um, and, and when he's healthy, fully 100% healthy, this is what you get with Alex Bregman. He's the ultimate competitor. He's never satisfied with anything. The dude could hit 350 with a 1,000 OPS, and he'll still find a way to think, man, I can be better than what I am right now. So I think early, it's definitely Alex Bregman. If he stays healthy for the rest of the season, here's another take for you. He will be right there again in the MVP race when the season comes to a close. So I would definitely say it's Alex Bregman. I mean, he was the AL player of the week uh, in week one. So he came out hot. I think he's making a statement showing that he's healthy and he's going to be one of the go-to guys for the Astros once again this season. A 429 batting average, a 429 on base percentage, an 857 slugging percentage, and he has an OPS of 1.286. Yeah, not 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 bad for the first week. I think that OPS um, over a thousand is is pretty damn impressive, especially then you look at the slugging and you look at the on base. Um, and I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big advanced stat advanced stat guy, but uh, yeah, the OPS is, is I mean that's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. Now, w- one question I, I do want to ask: Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez didn't have a great opening weekend. Alvarez going two for fourteen at the dish. Altuve going one for twelve. He did get one game off. Does that slow start for either one of them concern you? No, no, not not really. Um, actually, no, not at all. Not even not really. But uh, with Jordan Alvarez, I, I think you're going to see him play a lot more of the field this season for Dusty Baker. So it's kind of 
finding his footing into the lineup as far as being a defender now. Most most of the time he's been so used to DHing that, you know, your sole focus is on hitting and and now he's playing a lot more left field, so we'll we'll uh we'll see how he adjusts to that. I have no concerns with Jose Altuve at all. Um I mean, he's he's an he's a Hall of Famer already and he's the spark plug of this Astros team and he has been for so long. He's the face of the franchise and he's just an ultimate professional. And he's just a, such a good hitter that he'll figure it out. Um, we've seen slumps like this from Jose Altuve before, to where he could be, I don't know, 15 of his last 30, and then he'll hit a lull and be one for his next 30. And then he just finds ways to figure it out. I mean, one thing that'll get him going is one of those little swinging bunts up the third baseline, and he'll leg it out for an infield single, and then the rest is history. So with both of those guys, Jordan did hit a, an absolute missile. Uh, for a bomb uh, against the Angels. So the long ball, you know, kind of came around early for him. So, uh, you know, it, it, again, it's a long season. I'm not I'm not worried at all about either of those guys. Chat with Brian LaLima of Apollo HOU. Looking at some pitching statistics now, Framber Valdez, Justin Verlander, Jose Urquidy, they all came out and gave you solid starts. Even even Jake Odorizzi going going four innings, he did give up six hits and two runs, but still, I, w- I would say it was a quality start. Do you expect that to continue with Luis Garcia tonight? Yeah, I, I definitely do. Uh, Valdez, Odorizzi, Verlander, Andrew Keedy, they only gave up four earned runs in 20 and two-thirds innings from some of the, the notes that I have from the weekend. Uh, that equates to a 1.74 ERA. Like you said, Odorizzi uh, only finished through four. He had 66 pitches. Uh, Valdez, 84 pitches and six and two-thirds scoreless. And obviously we know what Justin Verlander did. So I think with Luis Garcia, I think he falls right into that same category. I think we'll see a strong five or six for him, especially if he's got the, the velo on his fastball up, uh, up around you know, 95, 96. Um, you know, he, he drops off a, a, a pretty nasty slider. So if he can command the strike zone and and be very consistent, I think he'll fall right into it and and throw you know a solid six, uh, at least a solid five. Give give it to the to the bullpen and let them go. And um, I would say consistently, Jose. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Luis Garcia is one of the most when when we talk consistency. Uh, Luis Garcia is one of the top guys for the Astros in this rotation. Framber Valdez has struggled in the past. Jose Arquiti. Um, sometimes gets him, you know, finds himself out of the ball game in, in the third or the fourth, and Luis Garcia doesn't really see that in his young career. Um, he's made adjustments from what we've read and what you know some of the folks that we've talked to. So yeah, he's going to be right there for another solid, I would say, five or six outing, five or six innings pitching in, in the outing tonight. Brian Lalima of Apollo HOU joins us. Brian, I got one more question for you before I let you run, and it is not a on the field question. Okay. Where do you land in the category of the Space City jerseys? Man, I'm glad you asked. I think they're, uh, I think they're pretty nice. I think they're uh, dope. Obviously, with with NASA being here in the city, um, every you know you've got the Rockets, obviously space team, the Astros space team. Uh, when the the WNBA, the back to back to back to back champion, uh, the Houston Comets, obviously right in there. With it, not too sure what the team on Kirby was thinking when they named them the Houston Texans, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, I think it falls right into it. And then the the blue, I, I, I'm kind of indifferent. I'm not indifferent. I'm I have a 
maybe an unpopular opinion on the pants. I like the blue and the blue. Um, I think it looks sharp, but the jersey itself I think is is pretty dope. Um, with the Space City across, the hat looks perfect with it. So, yeah, I was pretty impressed um, with the jersey. Now, there were some other people out there that didn't really like it, didn't like the blue pants with the logo, with the number right there on the hit. But uh, I don't know. I thought they did a pretty damn good job. But, you see, uh, I could be I could be in the minority. Who knows? Well, if it's just me and you, you're definitely not in the minority. Yeah, the, those Space City jerseys are clean, and the, and like you They're said, clean. the hat They're sharp. They're right. a very sharp look. Right, and then that the hat just ties it all together with the orbit around the the H. Uh, my only gripe, and, and you brought it up, it, it's the number on the hip. But granted, I'm not a player, so I'm never going to own the pants. So that's indifferent right. to me. Right, right, yeah. I, I personally like it. I don't know if so I'm a I'm a 12U baseball coach here in the city for the the Houston Banditos, and every uniform. I mean, we just got back from playing in a tournament in Austin. And a lot of the youth programs, they all have that number right there. So maybe that's why I'm not opposed to it. Um, at the big league level, some people may say it's kind of Bush League or it doesn't look right. right. But I, I enjoy it. Um, the Astros had their fan fest on Sunday, and people were lining up around the, the building and waiting two to three hours to get their hands on those jerseys. So yeah, I think I need, I need to get my hands on one. Yeah, I want to get one as well. I want to get myself a Lance McCullers number 43 one is what I'm shooting for. Um but, yeah, I think the city really, really enjoys these jerseys. Now, did you say that the youth team that you coach, did you say that they were named the Banditos? That is correct, yeah, Houston That's Banditos. fantastic. Yeah. yeah That's so fantastic. Our, our, owner, uh, our owner, Ray DeLeon, he, um, him and his brother were the, the first two coaches of this program back when they, they put it together like in, I don't know, let's see, I was 12, probably like early 2000s. Okay. And they were cruising home from a uh, from a, a, a youth tournament, and a motorcycle club drove by, and they said, "Man, we we need to name our our team something along those lines because when you hear that name, you think of uh, intimidation. So that's where the name came from. That's fantastic. I love that. That, that is goes way back. And, and and there's even a full fledged story behind it. That's great. I love that. Oh yeah. Yep, not a lot of people know that, so book that, bookmark that if you're listening to it, if you know about the Houston Banditos. Brian Lalima <laughs> of Apollo HOU joins us. Brian, I appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy staying up late yet again. And, uh, yep, another we'll, Astros after dark. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Yep, I enjoy it, man. Thanks for the time. Brian Lalima of Apollo HOU. When we come back, we'll take a look at our poll question, and we'll wrap up hour number one here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more crunch time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Go yard all summer long with $5 Dinger Tuesdays on FanDuel Sportsbook. This season, all customers will get $5 for every home run hit by both teams when you place a $25 to hit a home run wager on Tuesday MLB games. And the best part about Dinger Tuesdays is even if your bet loses, FanDuel will pay you 
for every home run. I'll give you a couple players I think could go yard tonight. Both are from the Astros in Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez, who will play tonight against the Diamondbacks. So what are you waiting for? Pick your home run hitter and turn big swings into big wins. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sportsbook. Head over to your FanDuel account or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code KLWB. That's promo code KLWB. You must be 21 or older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus $25. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. I probably would have put Alex Bregman in that list. However, he's definitely got the hot hand. Air Jordan, and, and you never know what Jose's going to strike. Especially after you seeing just, what he did so much last year. You what? just never know when Jose's going to strike. He'll, he'll get a home run on the second pitch of the game. Mighty Mouse. Good old Mighty Mouse. Welcome back to Crunch Out Me as a mess here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Our poll question of the day, has LSU baseball figured it out? 26% of you say yes, 26% of you say no, and 48% of you say that it's too early to tell. We have a new comment from Tyler Landry, and it is a gif of, it looks like it came from an SNL skit, and it's a guy standing in front of a bunch of microphones, and it says STFU. I don't know if that's directed at us or if that was directed at Steve's comment. Well, it was commented under Steve, so I would Jay Johnson. it would be. Yeah. It was, it's pointing towards Steve. <laughs> and, and look, I, I get it. Again, you know, we'll, we'll go back to this conversation and, and wrap up hour number one with it. I, I get that LSU fans, you have an expectation. You've won six national titles. You came close a couple times to win on a seventh and maybe even an eighth. I get it. In it's Omaha or bust, and that's okay. It's okay to have those expectations. However, when it's a coach's first year in a program, those expectations need to be tempered ever so slightly. First year, your goal should probably be hosting a regional, maybe even make a super. Omaha in year number one, it's not realistic. You could have Jesus Christ reincarnated on your team. But if you've got a first-year head coach, a first-year with your program, it's just not realistic. You've got great talent. You've got Dylan Cruz. You've got Jacob Berry. You've got Braden Jobert. On the mound, you've got Blake Money and Trenton Vittmeyer and Mikhail Hilliard. And I could go on and on. It's a laundry list of talent. And Jay Johnson has proven himself. He's a great coach. I mean, look at it. Without Jay Johnson, LSU doesn't have Jacob Berry. But at the end of the day, you got to figure it out. It's going to take time. Hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back after this top of the hour sports update on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two. Let's rock. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. 
Your Tuesday is out of the way now. 502 means you're going home. Good for you. James Mesh stuck with me for another hour. He'll have to live with it. James, you having a bad hair day? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I just felt like putting the hat on. You, you you've left your hat on all show. I didn't I didn't know if you were if you were just having I had a bad it hair off, day or, but it was. Uh, I don't know. I just didn't feel like messing with it. I, I think he's a little self conscious, folks. I think that's what it is. You, you're a little self conscious about your hair today, aren't you? Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> he said sure. Quick update of the MLB scoreboard: the Guardians leading the Reds four nothing. In the bottom of the sixth, also in the bottom of the sixth, the club, the clubs, the Cubs have a one nothing lead over the Pirates, and then Hannah Five Names is probably sweating bullets right now. One one in the sixth between the Mariners and the White Sox, currently biting her fingernails. Right, I'm I'm sure she is sweating bullets at this very moment. Again, Astros playing at 840 tonight against the Diamondbacks, and you can hear it here on the game, 137 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Only game been completed so far today. Red Sox took down the Detroit Tigers by a final score of 5-3. to three. Former LSU product Alex Lang getting the loss for the Detroit Tigers. In that one, quick update of the poll question. LSU baseball, have they figured it out? A lot of you are saying too early to tell. A comment that got overlooked was from Brad Newell. Ask again after the Arkansas series. It does seem like they're getting close. Brad, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I, I think they're, they're right there on the cusp. This Arkansas series, if they could win two out of three or even sweep, says a lot. Puts them solely in the driver's seat of what they can accomplish this season. But losing this series, like I said earlier, it's not the end of the world. Arkansas is a great team. They're top 10. LSU sitting at 24. Looking at RPI, LSU's at 30. Arkansas is at 29. It's not It's not a make-or-break series. Does it make things a lot easier if you win? Absolutely. Is it going to break you if you lose? No. Not even a little bit. It's Okay. If I'm LSU, if I'm Jay Johnson, the message is this. Go have fun. Go play the game that you know how to play. Go play the way you know how to play. And let the rest fall where it may. That's the idea. That's how you win baseball games. The more pressure you put on these kids, or these these young adults, these student athletes, I mean, the the worse they're going to play. Just let them go have fun. Go play baseball. Winds will fall, plain and simple. The game hotline is open, 706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Yesterday, we spent some time talking about Cajuns softball. Sam Landry getting named Sunbelt Pitcher of the Week yet again is the Second time in three weeks that she has been named Sunbelt Pitcher of the Week. She is having a dominating season for Louisiana. She's 12-2 and on the year, 74 innings pitched, 45 hits, 25 runs, only 31 walks, and 102 strikeouts. Now, 102 strikeouts is fifth best in the Sunbelt Conference. However, she sits at 10th in the conference in innings pitched. 
uh, in games that she has pitched. Opponents have been outscored 147 to 37. Once again, she is 12 and 2 with a 1.99 ERA. Speaking of Cajun softball, Jerry Glasgow yesterday at his press conference, Alexa Langliers returned from injury and was dominant this past weekend against Troy, hitting two home runs to left field. He talked about Langliers coming back from her injury and being an important piece of this lineup. Oh, well, you saw how big she was. Uh, she's just a, she's a great young talent. And, you know, those, those home runs were both key, key moments in, in, those, in the two wins on Friday and Saturday. And then the, the energy that she brings to our ball club and the vocal leadership she provides is something that nobody else on our team can give it quite the way she does. She's really uh, somewhat like Piscos. Piscos is a real spark plug. And, and Alexa is very much a spark plug to our ball club. And, you know, even when I was watching her play on Friday and Saturday, I, you know, I, it dawned on me, like, man, she's a, a bigger, it was a bigger void than even what I knew. And what I was, I forgot how big a void it was when we first lost her. So it was a huge spark for us to see her come back and then see her get right on the board and get her power going with her bat and play great defense on Sunday and throughout the weekend was really a big lift for our ball club. Alexa Langliers with seven home runs and 21 RBIs so far on the year, hitting 297. Seven home runs is, is tied for the team lead. The other player with seven home runs is Jordan Campbell, a 406 batting average, seven home runs, 29 RBIs, 10 doubles so far on the year for the sophomore. And, and Coach Glasgow yesterday talked about Jordan Campbell and her performance throughout the year. Yeah, she's a great offensive player. I mean, and she's really grown. I mean, if you look back at A&M, she, uh, she was on pace to lead to break the school record for doubles, maybe to lead the nation doubles, if I remember right, her freshman year, but had one or two home runs. And, you know, when I recruited her, I told her I thought we could increase that home run total by a lot by converting doubles to home runs. And she's done that. She's, she's really grown. Uh, she's not striking out hardly at all. She's very tough to strike out. Um, she, she's just a great offensive player. And defensively, you know, she's finding herself, like finding her confidence. And she was, she had some good games at third, and we moved her to second. She looked really good there. And now with Langler's back, I've asked her to move back to third. And I, I, I had the suspicion, what I told my staff was, I thought when I move her back, it'll be like her sophomore year, or it'll be like the next year at third base, like a second year. Uh, and that's what we saw this weekend. She didn't look like the same third baseman that we saw in that first year <laughs> or that first phase. And I, I, I hope she can continue to grow over there because she's got everything it takes to play that position. She's got the the hands and the arm and the, the, the length and width with her her body to you know to grab a lot of balls as they come through those holes. So she's got the tools to be a great third baseman, and it's just a matter of us developing her. And it, that's 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 not all on her. That's on our, us and our coaching staff as well. Tonight's game against Southeastern Louisiana still happening as scheduled. First pitch is set for 6 p.m. and you can catch it on ESPN Plus. This weekend, however, they will go to Mobile for what's going to be a massive series 
in the Sun Belt against South Alabama. South Alabama 16 and 14 on the year. However, they are 9 and 1 in the Sun Belt Conference. It's going to go a long way into determining just who's going to be in the driver's seat for for the Sun Belt Conference as as they head down the stretch. Quickly, we'll take a look at McNeese softball as well. 24 and 15 on the year. They're 8 and 1 in the Sun Belt. That long win streak that they had finally got snapped. Win streaks don't last forever. Uh, it was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 straight. 11 straight games that the Cajun, that the Cowgirls had won, including a 13-inning blockbuster of a game against the Cajuns last week in Lake Charles. Friday night, they hosted Southeastern and fell 6-1. to one. And then responded on in the doubleheader Saturday, winning four zero and nine to three. Tonight they will be in Lake Charles to host Houston before going to Northwestern State for a weekend series with the Demons. We'll take a timeout here, and when we come back, we'll get you set up on some national headlines. Talk about the NBA play-in games, and we'll cover a few other national topics. Before we talk with Brendan Ertle from Canal Street Chronicles about the Saints. Plenty to talk about there as well. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 12, 1964. Arnold Palmer wins the Masters by six shots over Dave Marr and Jack Nicklaus. The victory makes Palmer the first four-time winner of the Masters, and it's his seventh and final major win. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is coming back. In the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles has free tickets for you. All you got to do is text ANGOLA, A-N-G-O-L-A, to 68683. Once again, that's ANGOLA, to 68683. The Angola Prison Rodeo returns April 23rd and 24th, and you can see all the excitement. You want to watch bull riding? You want to watch wild horse racing? What about convict poker? That's right. Angola is going to have it for you. Text ANGOLA to 68683 to watch the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh, 17 minutes after 5 o'clock. The Astros' starting lineup has come out for the game tonight against the Diamondbacks that you can hear here on this station Jose Altuve will bat first, followed by Michael Brantley, then Alex Bregman, Yuli Gurriel at first, Kyle Tucker in right, Alitmus Diaz will be the DH, Jeremy Pena batting seventh at short, Jason Castro at eighth, and Jose Siri at ninth. That means Jordan Alvarez will not play for the Houston Astros tonight. So uh, your $5 Dinger Tuesdays. I would not recommend putting Jordan Alvarez in that mix. 
in more national news. NBA play-in tournament starts tonight. Who would have thought we were excited about this, James? Because up until three weeks ago, I couldn't care less. But now I'm invested. I'm glad glad you're invested. (laughs) You you put my Pelicans in there. They have a realistic chance of winning a game, maybe even both of them. I'm I'm, I'm tied into it. You're going to put it on a channel that I can watch it? Oh, yeah. I'm invested. At least you are. James, I (laughs) thought you were a basketball guy. I am. So then why aren't you invested? Because I know know how it's going to end. How is it going to end? Do do the Pelicans lose tomorrow night? No. Well, the Spurs have given them a lot of... Because if they because uh, if they win if they, they win they'll play the loser of Minnesota and L A yeah the Clippers not the Lakers which if they get which let's let's say they win both games let let's say they get the eight seed okay and they play Phoenix Phoenix oh four I'd be I'd be and I'd walking be, out the door I'd be shocked if they got to a gentleman's sweep oh four walking out the door baby yep and but, it works because that rhymes right the, the yeah oh two in a barbecue oh three Shame on me, 04, and you're out the door. Exactly. But again, you know, like like Jim Ockenheifer said yesterday, this is it, it's more big picture than it is just this week or or this season. You're setting yourself up for next year and the year after that. I mean, we we've talked about it on the show already, James. CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram. They made a difference. Zion Williamson. Jonas Valanciunas, and literally anybody at point guard. Any improvement at point guard. And and you are you might be a top four team in the Western Conference. We, ha- we have to see how it meshes together. We have to see I mean, how they gel because we know they've gotten used to everybody playing with each other without Zion. Zion feels like it could be an easy fill-in because he's just a super efficient scorer and right. just... It just attacks the paint, but I don't. I just feel like it's not that super cut, that super cut dry. And maybe it's not. And and, and most likely it's not. And and that's also why I don't want fans to instantly be like, "Yeah, that's like uh, they're they're going to tear it up. They're going to win fifty games." Because I don't think they'll be on too hot of a start to begin next season either. I don't think it'll be one and eleven or one and twelve and three and four six. and sixteen. Yeah, I. Yeah. And their first twenty, I I think it'll be, I think it'll be more eight and twelve. Just the you first really 20. think they're going to start off that slowly? Yeah, because but I I don't think Zion's going to play these the, any of these playing games, or if they make it to the first round to play the Suns, I don't think he'll play that either because I don't I'm not too sure if he's going to be in playing shape. And even if he well, is, he's he's already started five on five work. So so there is the potential that he would play right. If, if they make if, a if series, it makes it the first round, if they if they make a first round series, there's a legit shot he's gonna play. I don't know. It's just CJ won't have been there a full year, right? You'll probably have a new point guard. I would presume. I would think you would try and make a deal so, or try and sign somebody that who who do you, who do you see coming in? Who, who could you or l- let me ask you this? Who would you say if you were talking to David Griffin? Who who would you say? Hey, go after this guy. This guy would make a difference for this team. I'm looking up the like free agent point guards. Mm. Gor, right. Gor, ooh, Ricky Rubio. 
That Rubes? One. I like Rubes. That's what I'm saying, because um, he's a pass-first guy. I'm right. looking for a pass-first point guard. You don't need a scoring point guard. No, because you already got B.I., you got C.J., you, you got, got Zion, right. and you got cleanup duty with Jonas. You, you need a facilitator. Because I like, I've always loved Rajon. Well, but Rajon's you're, you're a Celtics guy. So. But but in general, like he's a really good pass first point guard. He's had success on other teams. But he's also kind of old and he already did play for the Pels. I like I like Ricky Rubio and I would not be mad at Goran Dragic coming. Alfred Payton. Elf <clears throat> that would ooh, Alfred Payton. You could get him on the cheap. He's a good pass first guy. He's got local ties. He played high school ball right there, John Errett. He played college ball here. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I'd, again, not being a, not being a homer. Be, I'm I'm being realistic. I think that could be a move that the Pelicans should should consider. However, before we dive too deep into that, let's go back to the play-in games. I was going to say, let's look at the two games being played tonight. We'll look at the other two tomorrow. But then I remembered we don't have a show tomorrow. Because yeah. of because of the daytime Astros, uh, the Astros will play first pitch at two forty tomorrow. So there will be no Jordy Holtberg show, and there will be no Crunch Time Amigas and Mesh tomorrow. Another one that's interesting is Composo from the Nuggets. Oh yeah, he I free, he's he's going to be a free agent this year. Yeah, interesting. Based off of this, uh, okay. Based off the website. Yeah, that that that's another name to consider for sure. Uh, so James, here's what we're going to do: we're going to look at to the two games tonight. We're going to look at the two games tomorrow. And we're going to talk about the matchup and give our predictions on who we think is going to win, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Game one tonight, number eight seed, the Cavs, and number seven, the Brooklyn Nets. Can Brooklyn can, can, can Brooklyn get their heads out of their you-know-whats and win? I think they do it. I think yeah. they get the seven seed. And it'll be perfect because the Celtics will be able to play that 2-7 matchup against the Nets and hopefully oh. get their revenge for oh. what happened last year. Cause oh, man. That was you, tough to watch. Just, you're just being set up for disappointment again because KD is going to score 40 a game on y'all. They don't have a defense. Oh, they don't have any defense. Jesus. Game two, the Clippers. I, I, like it a lot. I like it a lot more than I like what happened last year. I, I I'm expecting a different. J- Jason Tatum's a different man this year. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, game two, the Clippers and the Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. The Timberwolves haven't looked half bad this year. And the Clippers, you know, everybody likes to poke fun and say that the Lakers are the most dysfunctional team in L.A. Uh, the Clippers might give them a run for their money. Who you got winning that game? I'm going to take Minnesota in this one. Minnesota? Yeah, I think that's where I'm leaning to. I think I'm going to lean Minnesota and Brooklyn in the two games tonight. And then tomorrow, Charlotte, Atlanta, LaMelo, Trey, two young superstars. Which one gets to Friday? I'm going to – I think the Hornets take this one. The the Hawks just haven't felt the same since last year. And LaMelo and those Hornets, they feel like they've been on a roll these last few games to end the season. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take Charlotte. That's fine. And then San Antonio and the Pelicans. The Pelicans are at home. According to a lot of odds books, they are the favorite. They're rolling right now, besides the the hiccup against Golden State. But they, they really didn't. Well, let's be honest, they didn't really try in that game. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, 
mean, CJ played five minutes. But it 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 was tough to watch. They didn't that they fifty five. They didn't try in that game. That fifty five point third quarter. That was. I'm gonna take. Even though this feels like the perfect game, since like I said, the Spurs they seem to have the Pels number a lot, just like the Mavericks. For some reason, these these uh the Pels don't do well against their division. They don't do well against the division. They, they don't, don't do well against just teams from Texas. Well, that's true too. That's true too. They've always struggled against Houston, even though Houston is horrible. But this this feels like it would be a perfect setup for the Pels to lose again. But I think B, B.I. I feel like could come back for this one. B.I. comes back? And I think that's what lifts them. Well, hell, the injury report should be out by now. I, the latest that I had seen was from the 10th that he was out. But that was for Sunday's game. Right. Um, and then the other matchup. So now, so you've, you've got the Pelicans winning that game? I will take the Pels. Okay, so let, let's play even further than that. Pels and Clippers in in their second play-in game on Friday. Do the Pels make the playoffs or does the road end there? The Pels have had the Clippers number lately. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Pels. CJ ah. C, CJ when he got traded to New Orleans, he guaranteed that they would make the playoffs, so who am I to go against his word until he proves me wrong? Yeah. So the Pelicans are going to be at home tomorrow night. However, their game on Friday will be away, regardless of who they play against. They will either have to go to Minneapolis or they'll have to go to L.A. They've done well in L.A. this year, so who knows? Maybe maybe they want Minnesota to win tonight so that they play the Clippers. We'll see. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, Brendan Ertle, my man Big Ert, is going to join us from Canal Street Chronicles to talk some draft rumors, talk some draft prospects, free agency, this, that, and the other. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just wash the hair. You know, I worked on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I knew I was stylish already, but I appreciate the, the rejoin telling me just for further affirmation. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Richard's has some of the best boiled crawfish, but they also serve up boiled shrimp, boiled crabs, fried and grilled seafood, burger steaks, pull boys, and a seafood buffet. Go sign up for the Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for your chance to win that $50 gift certificate from Richard's Seafood Patio. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh 34 minutes after 5 o'clock. Brendan Ertle's going to want that gift certificate. He seems like a seafood-eating man. Brendan Ertle from the Canal Street Chronicles joins us. Brendan, what's up, man? Yeah, did I win? Is that why you're calling me? Did I win that gift card? I mean... Here, here's my question. If you want it, are you bringing me with you? Oh, absolutely. I was All right, then, then we're good. Then we're good. <laughs> oh, man, what, what's, what's going on? How, how's life in, in the Ertle household? It, it's good. It's, I mean, Saints-wise, it's been, it's been quiet. Uh, not a ton going on. I'm not really complaining about that. Um, we're at the point 
in the year where uh, if you're anything about the draft, it's it's rumors and smoke screens and things that's fun to write about. But I mean, you know, just doing little touch up things for the draft. But I mean, I'm ready to get this over with. Just just I want to know the answers. Speaking of rumors and smoke screens, there are people talking about the Saints compiling 16 and 19 to trade up to five to take Malik Willis. I mean, what? I'm not. I'm not against it. I'm not for it. But if the Saints themselves think that Malik Willis is the quarterback that will be on the team for the next 10, 15, maybe 20 years, you do it. If that's what they believe. Now, will they do it? I don't know. I mean, if that's an obvious thing. When you bring in more first-round picks, you trade up. You try to trade up, and then they have the ammo to get to like three or four if they wanted to. Uh, Malik is probably the only quarterback in this class I'll trade up for. Um, but, I mean, who knows? Maybe they do like a guy um, enough to go get him. I, I don't know if I buy the smoke screen as much. It may be coming from the Saints. It may be coming from a team like the New York Giants who want to get out of that position, who want to trade back. That could be something. And so teams think, oh, the Saints are trying to trade up. Let's maybe offer more than we were willing to do. So, I mean, who knows? The Saints want a quarterback. I don't know. Will they draft a quarterback? I don't know. There's so many questions. You know, I, I read something yesterday, and it said, go get Chris Olave, go get a tackle in the first round, and then in the second round, if Matt Corral's still there, then you take him. And I'd be perfectly fine with that. If he does fall there, I mean, you do it. If you, if you like the guy, you do it. Um, I mean, that's the ideal situation. You get a wide receiver, get a tackle. That's, that was what we all thought they were going to do. But, you know, the Saints are unpredictable. They still need a safety, obviously. Hopefully that is done in free agency. But uh, I, I, don't, I never count anything out with the Saints. As long as I get a wide receiver, if they get a quarterback, fine. But if they can get a wide receiver that starts day one across from Michael Thomas that helps his offense, that helps Jameis Winston, that's fine too. I, I just can't imagine. Uh, Jameis talked a lot about in his interview how he sat down at the Saints and he says, I want you guys to tell me that I'm the man. Tell me I'm the starter. And Tell me how you're going to build around me. I can't imagine them them having that conversation and then going and trading all their picks the next two years for quarterback. So I, I could see it happening. I mean, we'll just see. Chatting with Brendan Erdl of Canal Street Chronicles. Brendan, you know, lately the the Tyron Matthew rumors have, have, have kind of dwindled. Do you think mm-hmm. that means that, you know, the Saints have kind of moved on? Do you think Tyron Matthew has moved on? Where do you think that situation stands? I don't think it's changed, I mean, ever since he entered the building. A deal was never going to get done. It was fun to think about about him leaving the, the, the facility as a saint, but it was never going to happen. It was never his idea. And I don't think he's gotten the money even remotely close to what he wants. Uh, not really on the back end of his career. He is on the wrong end of 20, uh, 29, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think the Saints or Tyrant are in a rush to get this done. Uh, obviously, the Eagles poses a threat there. The Colts were a threat for a second. They addressed that position. Um, but I think this is a situation that could happen maybe after the draft if the Saints or Eagles don't find someone they like. Maybe they're willing to pay more. Uh, but obviously, as a Saints fan and uh, probably the Saints in general, they'd like to get something done with them before the draft. They don't have to go in needing a safety. Uh, I don't. I don't know what's taking so long. I think he might have some offers on the table. Who knows? Uh, it, 
it's a really weird situation. I, I mean, I wake up every morning checking my phone to see if there's any tire news, and there's just kind of nothing. And I think he's, I think he's content waiting. Brendan Erdo with Canal Street Chronicles. Brendan, not a Saints question, but I got, I got to know. With the MLB just starting, who's your team, man? Who, who, who are you rooting for this season? Oh, I mean, it's tough. Um, if there's a Louisiana team, I'd root for them. But uh, I grew up in LA, so my 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 family had uh, Angel season tickets growing up. So I grew up going to Angels games. So you know, I got to roll with Mike Trout. I, I'm I'm all right with that. Uh, they they just <laughs> lost three out of four to the Astros. So. I mean, if, if, you, if you want to be a fan of a losing team, man, that's fine. <laughs> that is quite okay. Let's look at the draft again. You know, what what are who are some prospects that that you've kind of looked into that maybe people aren't talking about? Guys that you know, maybe second, third, fourth round picks that if these guys are still on the board when the Saints are on the clock, they should heavily mm-hmm. look into. I mean, tons of guys I really like. If if they do go the quarterback route in the first round, I mean, there's tons of wide receivers that will fall in the second that I, I, I have a ton of respect for. Uh, Christian Watson being one from North Dakota State, I think he's a dog. I think he could be a day-one starter. And if you do end up with him in the second round, I mean, he could fall in the first. He's that good. Uh, Wendell Robinson from Kentucky, really like him. Just sticking on wide receivers right now. Uh, tackle-wise, I think you got if, if you want one, you got you got to get one in the first. I don't think it's really too deep of a draft for the tackle. You're not going to find a Tron Armstead in the third round again. Uh, tight end-wise, I think it's loaded. I think if you want to add one, you can. I think they will be okay with the uh, with the tight end room they have now with Taysom and all that. Uh, but the defense, the tackle class is, is really, really good. So, I mean, if I've talked about it a little bit, but if Jordan Davis is there and your tackle isn't there that you wanted – and really interesting, really interesting. I, I wouldn't be opposed to them getting him in a wide receiver in the first round as well. So, I mean, tons of guys. Uh, safety, I'm looking at Jalen Petrie from Baylor. I really mm-hmm. like him. If they can get him in the second uh, or even third, that'd be a steal as well. One more question for you, Brendan. Quan Alexander has been doing a lot of off-season workouts wearing Saints gear. Mm-hmm. Do the Saints have plans to re-sign him? You know where where does that situation kind of stand? Is is it similar to Tyron Matthew, where they're waiting until after the draft? Walk me through that. Uh, for the Saints, I, I feel like it's a different position for them. Uh, in their eyes, they drafted a second round. They used a second round pick to draft Pete Pete Warner, and it'd be a bad financial investment if you have to spend money on a position that you just dropped with a second round pick. So, I think in their eyes, they really really like Pete, and as the season went on. He progressed more and more, got more and more playing time, and Quan kind of turned into more of a role player. Now, I, I know he's liked some tweets with the Ravens. He's, of course, has interest coming back with the Saints. Talked to his mom, and she would love to have him back with the Saints. Um, but I, I think that's more of an after-the-draft thing. If, if his price comes down, I, I know he probably looked, went out and looked for a starter-quality money, and it just wasn't there. But if he can come back on – you know, not a minimal deal, but somewhere around the ballpark of something that doesn't hurt Pete Warner's playing time. And, you know, he can go back to his role where he come in on third down, uh, kind of a package player. I think that's perfect for them. But I don't think that's a rush at all. I think that's more of a, you know, a, a nicer thing to have. It's not like – I think P.J. Williams was a much bigger uh, person you had to resign than Quan, But 
I would love to see him back, of course, LSU fan, and uh, brings the juice to the juice boys. So I think that's a place he'd like to be, and I think, I mean, it's a real possibility we see him back after the draft. Brendan Ertel of Canal Street Chronicles has been our guest. Brendan, appreciate you taking the time. I look forward to to starting a new segment with you every Wednesday afternoon, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Yep, see you guys next week. Brendan Ertel of Canal Street Chronicles. Before we head to a timeout, schedule update from Louisiana softball. Tuesday's game with Southeastern in Hammond has been canceled due to inclement weather. So the weather that they thought would stay out of Hammond long enough for them to play is not to be. Uh, the game has been canceled, and since it was only announced seven minutes ago, don't know if it's going to be made up or when it will be made up if it is. Let's go to the poll question really quick. And has LSU baseball figured it out? Numbers are changing. 19% say yes. 27% say no. 54% say that it is still too early to tell. James, I know you're not much of a baseball guy, but you follow. we follow them enough to, to you know, form, a, form an idea. Do you think that they have turned the corner? Where, where do you stand on LSU baseball? I answered it with no in my eyes. Okay, and why is that? I just feel like I get it. They're they're on a little bit of a hot streak, but to say that they've fully figured it out, like they have the answers, they have the cheat sheet to the test, I, I don't think they're at that point. That's fair. That's fair, and and and, and, I, and I don't disagree. I said too early to tell. Uh, I, I think they need to get this series, like Brad Newell said, ask again after the Arkansas series. I think this series, like I've like I've said already, losing that series is not going to break you. However, this series is going to say a lot about what your season is going to be. Mm-hmm. Are you in the hunt? Are you going to be a serious championship contender come the end of May? Or are you going to be a, a two or three seed in a regional that fights till the Sunday but probably gets bounced out? That uh, to me, that's what this series, this weekend series against Arkansas, is going to tell me. If you lose two out of three, but those two losses are, are one run games, you got some fight in you, and I can see you being a championship contender. But if you lose two out of three and you lose by four plus runs both times, and your and your one win is only by one or two runs, right? Then it- Takes yeah, it last if you're minute. Not, if or... you're not competing, then no, I, I don't think you figured it out, and I don't think you're going to figure it out this year. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, this Arkansas series this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, is going to prove a lot. Let's take one last time out, and when we return, we'll wrap up today's show. We'll get you set up for Thursday. No crunch time with me, guys. A mesh tomorrow. Boohoo. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey, Dad? You want to have a catch? I'd like that. Not all of them had such heartwarming moments. This guy threw at his own kid in a father's son game. Now back to more baseball talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Now this sounds like my kind of festival. The Etouffee Festival returns to Arneville April 29th to Sunday, May 1st. The festival features carnival rides, food, bingo, live music, including Jamie Badger on the Kick and Cajuns, Chubby Carrier and the Bayou Swamp Band, and Clay Carmier and the Highway Boys, just to name a few. In addition to the music and rides, there's the Mayor's Cook-Off on Saturday, the Etouffee 5K, and a car show on Sunday. For more information, visit www.arnevillecatholic.org slash etouffee-festival. Now, the Etouffee 5K. Do you have to eat a bowl? Is that like a beer mile where you have to eat a bowl of Etouffee and then run a 5K? Because if so, that's brutal. I thought the beer mile was bad. Could you imagine eating a bowl of crawfish Etouffee and then go and run three miles? Vomit cleanup on Isle Arneville, please. Good Lord. Cramps all day. <laughs> all day, all week. You're going to cramp for a week after. <laughs> you you going <laughs> to... Oh, man. I'm looking at a statistic, and this is the 10 oldest players on a MLB opening day roster. James, how old do you think the oldest player in the MLB is? 38. The 10th oldest is older than 38. Oh. <laughs> uh, 42. 42. Albert Pujols is 42, Rich Hill is 41, Nelson Cruz is 41, Oliver Perez is 40, Adam Wainwright is 40, Yadier Molina and Robinson Cano and Darren O'Day and Justin Verlander and Sergio Romo are all 39. So looking at this statistic, the Cardinals have three of the 10 oldest players in the league. That does not bode well for future success, especially when it's a pitcher, first baseman, and a catcher. I mean, Yachty's been doing it for a long time, but that's that's difficult. Robinson Cano's been doing it for a while. Justin Verlander looks as good as he ever has. Again, speaking of Justin Verlander, the Houston Astros will play on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles tonight, 840 first pitch. They were going to be on News Talk 98.5 because we were going to be carrying the LSU game. LSU game got canceled. We flip-flopped. Astros will be here on the game. So Astros after dark, West Coast edition, 840 first pitch. Tomorrow they will play at 240, which means no Jordy Holtberg show and no crunch time with me guys and mesh. So you will have to, I don't know, go pull up some old episodes and reminisce while you wait for us to return on Thursday. Uh, That's probably what I'm going to do for 4 to 6 tomorrow listen to old crunch time episodes and and reminisce and how awesome james and i are i mean because we're just james we're just good like that dude we're just too good we're just we're, we're not we're not good we're too good exactly too swaggy too swaggy i don't know i'm not swaggy that's that's not a, that's not a word in my vocabulary that does not describe me very well um goofy goofy very goofy yeah, very go. goofy uh later in the week We'll have some awesome interviews with some awesome guests. And starting next week, we will unveil some great new segments for you guys that will appear every week here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. One last check-in at the poll question. Has LSU baseball figured it out? Yes, no, too early to tell. 18% say yes, 26% say no, 56% say that it is still too early to tell. 
gosh, Matt, too early. It, it's too early. It's too apparently. early. 32 games in, it's too early. Uh, and I agree, it's too early. However, there's only a month left of the season. So postseason for college baseball starts in a month, into May. So you're going to have to figure it out one way or another. Do the Astros score too many runs tonight to where they have to pay the piper tomorrow afternoon? I don't know. We'll see. That's going to do it for this episode of Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. Thank you to Brendan Ertle and Brian Lalima for joining us. Thank you to our callers, as always. Thank you to you. James, appreciate everything you do. We'll see you guys on Thursday here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Have a great night.